Gotham Sound is your one-stop audio solution for microphones, mixers, recorders, podcasting, and wireless. Whether you're looking to rent or buy sound equipment, are working at a church, feature film, a television show, podcast, theater, or a student project, Gotham Sound is here to serve you. With a huge selection of new and used gear, it's your first stop before you buy. Gotham Sound has the pro audio you need to make your project sound true professional. Gotham has been around for 18 years perfecting pro audio. Visit us at GothamSound.com. Every day, over three and a half million children walk, bike, and ride to a Christian school. Every day. But many of our schools are in danger of closing. Our Christian schools are too important to our children, to our families, and to our nation to let that happen. Christian School Management at ChristianSchoolManagement.org is dedicated to the health of our Christian schools. Contact ChristianSchoolManagement.org to help your Christian school fill and stay filled with children impacting our nation. It's the Messiah Community Radio Talk Show. This is Michael James Lauren, your host. Sam Albury joins us. He has a book called Seven Myths About Singleness. We haven't covered that topic. We always talk about marriage, but singleness is uh, important too. Welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. It's great to join you. Our sponsors with over 90 years experience in developing audio electronics. Bayer Dynamics stands for innovative audio products with the highest sound quality and pioneering technology. Two business divisions, consumer and installation, provide tailor solutions for professional and private users. All products are developed in Germany and primarily manufactured by hand. From headphones to microphones and conference and interpretation systems. For more information, please visit north-america.bayerdynamic.com. And by Vocal Booth To Go carries a complete line of products and accessories specifically designed for voiceover actors, audio professionals, podcasters, producers, and studio owners to help them get professional results for their clients. It's your go-to place for sound treatment, soundproofing, portable, and mobile vocal booths. Visit VocalBoothToGo.com for more information. And Oralex Acoustics has one mission to make you sound your best. Thousands of satisfied Oralex customers have experienced improved acoustics along with free expert advice, total sound control products from Oralex. Enjoy widespread use among prominent artists, producers, engineers, and corporations worldwide. Remember, it's not your gear, it's the room. Visit Oralex.com for more information. And great audio starts with great gear. And Zoom's 30-year reputation promises quality and affordability. Visit zoom-na.com today for recorders, audio interfaces, effects pedals, and more. We're Zoom, and we're for creators. Now, is it Dr. Sam or is is Pastor Sam? Uh, pastor, actually, yes. I'm not, I'm not clever enough yet to, to be a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll talk about your background, but you have a great book here. And uh, what we need to know about singleness is important because, I mean, can Christians have it misconstrued, or just like the world, thinking that if you're single, you're odd man out, odd person out? Uh, why is singleness important? Why did you write the book? Thank you. Well, I'm, I'm single myself, so this is something that is not of theoretical interest to me. I've, I've needed to think carefully about what the Bible says about singleness, just as part of my own journey with Christ. And it, it strikes me we're in a very confused 
point in Western culture at the moment when it comes to romance, sexual ethics, all those kinds of things. And therefore, it is not surprising if some of that has bled into the church as well. And I think given us generally a fairly diminished view of singleness, um, over the over the centuries, I think Christians, you know, the pendulum swings back and forth in the in the Middle Ages. I think Christians kind of super spiritualized singleness and, and looked down on marriage. I, I suspect now we're we're closer to doing the opposite of that. Yeah, you always hear people say, "Are you married?" and they say, "No," and they say, "Oh, no wonder you're so happy." You know, <laughs> and there's always that joke there that uh, it seems like people are in such a rush to get married. And then they do, and then they wish they were single again. I mean, just I'm just saying, so there's a certain freedom. Um, are Are you surprised that Christians, in particular, that you know they feel that this is the the end all be all, getting married, and then they wonder maybe it wasn't so bad before? I think it's very understandable. We li- we live in a very broken, messy, fallen world, and there's no part of life that isn't deeply affected by that. And so, if we're if we're single, we're doing singleness in a world that is broken and difficult. If we're married, we're doing marriage in a world that is broken and difficult. So whichever we find ourselves in is not going to be without significant challenges. There'll be pain and heartache, particular to each. Wonderful blessings as well. Uh, but the, I think the, that means it can sometimes look as if the grass is greener on the other side. And if you're if you're single, you'll be familiar with the problems of singleness and you might think well marriage looks like the solutions to the problems of my singleness and if you're married you may well feel like well my marriage is not easy and singleness looks like the answer to all my problems so sam how does what happens in the bible really about singleness i mean i know that paul talks about it it's mentioned in the bible but um do we really Look at it as, I mean, sometimes, you know, you go to, <laughs> I went to a seminary and they said, who's married here? As if, you know, if you're not married, you're stupid, <laughs> you know? And, uh, and it was a good thing to, to be single. Um, I'm married now, you know, but, uh, but I was going to say that it's a good thing to be single in the Bible. Uh, do we really give it its due? And what are the benefits of being single? Yeah, I suspect generally we don't give it its due very much these days, certainly where I am in the in the UK and much the same, I think, in America as well. Um, the Bible has surprisingly positive things to say about singleness. And Jesus himself spoke on it. And let us remember, he himself was single. So if um, someone is calling single people stupid, they, they are calling Jesus stupid as well. Um, and the Apostle Paul and many great Christians down down the years. So Paul Paul's most extended teaching on this is in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And he says that both marriage and singleness are gifts. So neither is intrinsically bad. Both are, are, are ways of experiencing the goodness of God. But he talks about ways in which singleness can, can actually be an advantage in how we serve Christ. So Paul says that the married person is you know, understandably concerned with matters of home and wife and children and and so forth. Whereas he says the single person is able to be undivided in their devotion to Christ. That doesn't mean we don't have friends and don't have any kind of obligations. But it does mean that in general, we are being pulled in fewer directions 
most probably if we're single than if we were married. And therefore, it can give us, I think, a, a flexibility, a, a kind of a way of, of being able to, to adapt and serve in ways that might not be possible if we were married. Yeah, I like what you wrote about Dr. Keller. He seems to get in every book, you know, Dr. Timothy Keller, yes. pastor in, uh, in uh, where, where is it, New York, New York City. It says adults in Western society are deeply shaped by individualism, a fear and even hatred of limiting options for the sake mm. of others. Many people are having or living single lives today, not in the conscious, lonely misery of wanting marriage too much, but rather in the largely unconscious, lonely misery of wanting marriage too little out of fear of it. I thought that was so interesting. It really is. And uh, that, I mean, that will especially be the case in a place like New York City, where there are so many younger single people. Um, so it's interesting. Our, our, our culture um, in the West really does elevate romantic and sexual fulfillment. That doesn't necessarily mean it elevates marriage. And sometimes in, in a non-Christian context, singleness can be seen as a good thing because it gives you the freedom to explore romantic and sexual fulfillment, but without the commitments and constraints of being married. And obviously in a, in a Christian context, um, if you're single, you, you actually you're not free to be sexually active and, and that kind of thing. And so Christian singleness is very different to, to worldly singleness. And yet it is still possible for even a Christian to be single largely for selfish reasons and to think, well, I just, I just don't like the idea of commitment. And therefore, mm. singleness it's funny. Kind of relieves me of that. It's, I, I kid about seminary, but I mean, you could probably relate to this, that it seemed like, <laughs> like the last year, everybody was rushing around to get married and pregnant because what happens is that, you know, the, the boards will say, well, do you have a child? Are you married? It seems like they have it like all set up. And even for Christians, it's, I think the d divorce rate is just as high as it is for a uh, secular. So it seems like there's a, a lot of pressure on people in the church to get married. I think there is. And again, because the, the culture around us is constantly telling us that romantic and sexual fulfillment is the highest good in life. Sometimes we just transfer that into a, a kind of superficial Christian framework and turn it into marriage is the highest virtue. And so if you've been convinced by culture that you need to be sexually fulfilled and satisfied, then that will give you pressure as a Christian to get married. Um, that's not the only pressure that there is to get married. I think we've, um, we've added others to that. But I think it, it stacks things up very much on that kind of side, um, which again is why we just need to step back and think, well, both marriage and singleness are good things from God. And in my experience, if, if someone has misunderstood singleness, it is almost always because they have at the same time misunderstood marriage. And so if we have too low a view of singleness, it may well be an indication we have an over-idealized view of marriage and what marriage can actually achieve. Yeah, you say to someone you're single, they go, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's weird, you know, second class citizen, but yet someone could really uh, dedicate their whole life to Jesus and being single and, you know, things. And, uh, and that is the highest calling, isn't it? I mean, when you're focusing your attention on, it could be uh, writing, reading, uh, of course, sharing the gospel. I mean, what could be higher? But somehow we end up uh, putting that in a box. But Sam Albury, 
He's a pastor, our special guest, a regular conference speaker, global speaker for Ravi Zacharias International Ministries, also editor for the Gospel Coalition and visiting professor at Cedarville University. He has many books, including the one we're talking about now, which is about singleness. We'll be right back with him right after this. Sennheiser has been continuously setting trends in the audio industry. Wherever people care passionately about recording, transmitting, or playing sound, Sennheiser will be there. Artists, disc jockeys, scientists, sound technicians, or demanding music lovers, the Sennheiser name always stands for premium products, headphones, microphones, and all-around audio solutions. The ultimate in sound quality. Sennheiser. The world and everything in it delivers sound journalism grounded in God's Word through a daily 30-minute podcast. From essential headlines, to feature stories, to international news straight from the field. After only one or two listens, you'll wonder how you got through your daily routine without it. Listen anywhere you typically enjoy podcasts or by going to wng.org slash podcast. Christians in Action Missions International is actively accepting applications from those desiring to win the lost at any cost. We've been sending long-term missionaries throughout the world for 62 years. We emphasize intentional personal evangelism, equipping disciples, and planting churches among the nations. We empower national leadership to demonstrate and declare the love of God to the unreached. Journey with us as we take the gospel to the world. Log on at cinami.org. Org. That's CINAMI.org or call 559-370-4103. God has designed you for a unique purpose. Get equipped for God's call with a degree from Clark Summit University. Choose from undergraduate and master's degrees available completely online in programs like business, counseling, Bible, and education. For some programs, it's possible to earn your degree in as little as two years, or you can complete the degree you previously started. See if you qualify for a tuition discount. Answer God's call on your life and become a Christ-centered, career-ready graduate. Go to clarksummitu.edu slash podcast. That's clarksummitu.edu slash podcast. Okay, we're back with Sam Albury and his book, Seven Myths About Singleness. And we're going to get right into it and find out where we go wrong or or what should the church uh, be uh, paying attention to. So uh, do we have it right in the church? I mean, do they have uh, uh, certain churches they dedicate to families? And then there's a little group for singleness. But what can we do better to, to even out the score? Yeah, I think um, there's lots of things we can do. And, and marriage and singleness are not, you know, utterly symmetrical in every way. So I'm not saying that we should never mention marriage without mentioning singleness. But it strikes me that singleness is very often not taught on in the church, other than as a kind of an assumed on-ramp to marriage. So I think we need to address it both at the level of, of teaching, but then also at the level of, of pastoral care and community. If if we're assuming the basic unit of church life is is a marriage and a nuclear family, then it's going to be very easy for the single people to feel on the outside. Whereas if we if we have a, a slightly more integrated view of church, as I think the New Testament gives us, that we are actually meant to be a family, then that it shouldn't be the case that a single person is is lonely in a church. It should be the case that we all feel 
we have a, an abundance of brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers and sons and daughters within the household of God himself. Sorry, that was beautiful. <laughs> I just had to think about all that, uh, of, of what you said. And, um, but what does it really mean to be single? I mean, what is, when you think about that, uh, obviously with the absence of, of marriage, but do people really understand what it really means and, and uh, that it could be good? Or what do you think about it? Or do, how do, do, do people even think about singleness? I think we, we give it a passing thought. I don't think we give it much focused thought, which again is why we need to, to, to open up the scriptures and, and see what the Bible says on this. Um, and I think we, we often tend to think of singleness only as being the absence of marriage. So we kind of think of it already in, in negative terms. It's, it's defined by what it isn't. Um, whereas again, in 1 Corinthians 7, I think singleness is defined more by the presence of certain opportunities rather than the absence of the marriage relationship, for example. So I hope those of us who are single see our singleness as being far more than merely not being married. But again, yeah. to see it as a, as a gift from God, something that has theological significance, um, we, we are being now what all of us will be in the age to come. And so it, that, that shouldn't leave us with a diminished view of singleness that actually should give us a dignified view of singleness uh jesus yeah well, everything is um, god's timing though isn't it i mean in things years ago they were rushed right you had to be 21 yeah. and married and have a child and uh and maybe had some value i suppose but uh and today of course people wait a really long time before they get married but ultimately isn't it god's decision on that i mean do we fight god on on it, uh, no, we, sometimes... we, we need to. We just need to trust in the Lord, and I think that, that the healthiest disposition is is one that says to the Lord, "Marriage is a great gift, and singleness is a great gift, and I'm I trust you enough to do what is best for for my life, whether that is getting married or remaining single." Um, and that you know, it, it's a it's a good thing, marriage. It's not wrong to seek it and to pursue it. Uh, it certainly would be wrong to idolize it and to assume that marriage is what's going to fix everything in my life and meet that's all it. my needs. <laughs> right. All right. Um, okay. So that's the big one right there. That people, yeah. they really, I mean, and, and, you know, television commercials and movies, they really capitalize on that right there. That when you're married, you know, everything is just going to go perfect. And are, are people disappointed when they find that that's not true? I'm, I'm sure to some extent and to varying extents that's the case. Um, but I, I think we've culturally been kind of trained to think of the wedding is the beginning of happy ever after. Because in the, in the kind of the great stories, the, the kind of the, the guy and the girl getting together, they get married and then they lived happily ever after. Um, they're kind of sorted. Everything's okay now. The reality is even the best marriage is is two broken, sinful people uh, sharing life together. And mm. that is not going to be without challenges, obviously. Um, and even the, the, the best marriages shouldn't, in one sense, feel like they're enough because our deepest fulfillment is not going to be found in another fallen human being. It's going to be found in, in the Lord Jesus himself. He calls himself the bridegroom. and that tells us something so profound that I think we've overlooked, which is 
our romantic longings, even our, our sexual frustrations, actually are meant to speak to us of a far, far deeper longing, a far, far greater fulfillment and satisfaction that we were designed for, which is God himself. And again, this is a, this is a big topic, but the, the whole Bible uses the marriage category to describe our relationship with God. And so human marriages really are designed to be a, a kind of a signpost and a foretaste of the ultimate marriage, which is coming to know Jesus Christ and being with him. And that is the one that is meant to satisfy us. So, Sam Albury, you are a romantic and you are, oh, how come well, you're no, married? Wait a minute. Now I have to ask <laughs> the question. So yeah, with all this, I mean, yeah, and you're not a bad looking guy, you know, people look at Sam Albury uh, seven myths about singleness. So why aren't you married? Um, well, for, for many reasons. Um, but, um, one is, well, my, my jokey answer to that is I'm, I'm single by choice and that's the, the choice of all the women I know. Um, <laughs> my, my kind of slightly more thought through answer is that I'm, I'm single because I've, I've not yet had an opportunity to marry. Um, it's something I've, I've, prayed about over the over the years i don't pray about it all the time but occasionally i will say to the lord you know if i'm if i should be pursuing marriage please open that up to me make that possible you know don't be subtle <laughs> um i've also one of the other aspects of my own spiritual journey is is wrestling with unwanted same-sex attraction so that's that's been a significant factor um as well as as you know as to why I'm single. Wow, so, that's a, that's quite an omission. I mean, for you to actually say something like that, and a lot of people wouldn't say that. No, it's something I've been very open about and, and have written on. Um, and I know it's a it's a situation a lot of Christians find themselves in. Again, not because they've wanted to or chosen to. Um, we all find ourselves as believers with with temptations that we we don't want to be wrestling with. Um, but, and that that's been one of the uh, one of the many temptations that I I've experienced over the years. Mm. Um, I don't think that temptation means I can't get married. Um, it, it may make it less less likely, um, which again is why I, I always want to come back to God and say, well, you know, if if your will is for me to be married, I'm not going to say no to that. You know, if that, if, if you want to give me that gift, I wouldn't I wouldn't refuse it. So I, I always sort of say to younger believers, don't, don't presume you'll get married and don't presume you won't. Um, if, you, if it's something you want, then it's a good thing to pursue. Um, it is not a good thing to, to really, you know, idolize and make the kind of deepest goal of your life. Mm. Um, so we've got to have a healthy perspective on it, I think. Yeah, um, your your admission it could be a whole new book. <laughs> you know, well, it is. I, I wrote a book a few years ago called "Is God Anti-Gay," where I I share my own story and and look through what the the Bible says about this whole issue, and and particularly in the cultural times we're in now, we really need to understand the clarity and goodness of what God says in His Word. And actually, one of the reasons I I made the decision to be to be open about that was was because I I wanted people to know that, that the sufficiency and goodness of Jesus Christ. 
that every word he gives us is a good word, even if it's a mm. challenging word. Mm. And obviously what the Bible says about an issue like homosexuality is, is very challenging. Um, it's not always easy to hear. Yeah, you're a real man good. to admit that. I mean, honestly, they, uh, we're so... Um... We don't want to admit any any frailty or anything that uh, I mean. We we say the the Christian PC things, so <laughs> that's gonna really um, you know hit someone between the eyes and probably the heart too. And hearing that, uh, some of the chapters that you have singleness is too hard. Singleness requires a special calling. It means no intimacy, no family, hinders ministry. Singleness wastes your sexuality. Singleness is easy. So you go, uh, you know, on to this, and and I always ask people, you know, what was your research for this? So were there certain areas of the Bible, or did you uh, did you go to Starbucks? Or where where was your research for <laughs> for all this stuff? Well, it's really through. Um, I've been involved in pastoral ministry now for the best part of twenty years, and across the age spectrum, and you, you kind of accumulate the wisdom of other people's experiences when you're a pastor, you, you see different outcomes and different situations. And that alongside ongoing study of scripture, I've, I've had many opportunities in the last few years to teach on singleness. And the more you teach on something and engage in those conversations and, and have times of discussion and questions, the more you get a sense of of some of the needs out there for clarity and where some of the gaps are. And it, it certainly became apparent to me that there was a gap, I think just generally, in people's understanding of what the Bible says about singleness. I think yeah. people were making certain assumptions that to me were not biblical assumptions. So the more I'm I sure there are many of those. So people don't I mean a lot of people don't even read the Bible, especially in church, and then they make judgments and things. I'm just saying. You know, Master we have to be, well. you know, more careful. But Sam Albury, he's our special guest. We're going to come back with him. Remaining thoughts, his book, Seven Myths About Singleness. Maybe we'll talk about if you wait longer. Maybe will you find the right person if you've waited quite a bit? We'll find out right after this. Start your fragrance line and make money with BostonPerfumery.com. Design custom cologne or perfume using natural ingredients. Imagine 10% butterscotch, 20% sandalwood, and 70% vanilla dark. Choose any scents and any percentage from the Boston Perfumery Sun Chart, then name your custom fragrance. Visit bostonperfumery.com. Again, bostonperfumery.com. Everyone deserves a signature scent. Charlotte Christian College and Theological Seminary believes that every Christian has a distinct calling and that he or she must boldly respond to that call. Charlotte Christian specializes in equipping the adult learner and all degrees are available both online and on campus. Degree fields include urban Christian ministry, biblical studies, pastoral studies, and more. So whether you are called to full-time ministry or as a co-vocational minister, Charlotte Christian can help you. Visit Visit us at charlottechristian.edu or call 704-334-6882. Sam Albury, our special guest, Seven Myths About Singleness. So uh, we might as well talk about that. Any statistics? If you wait longer, uh, do you end up with the right person? Or is it, uh, you know, should you get married right away? What is, uh, if you do, I wonder how long the marriages last. Yeah, I don't know the stats on that, actually, but I, I know, again, from, from pastoral, pastoral experience that there's no kind of fixed rule on this. Um, 
there's there's a lot of wisdom scripture gives us um you know we need to be we we will always be <laughs> better prepared for marriage that the further the further we go with jesus um you know if we if we make sure that we would be a godly husband or a godly wife mm-hmm. that is going to significantly you know help the chances of our of our marriage being healthy as is marrying someone else who is a mature believer so for some people that that works well if they marry young as mature christians i know plenty of people who've done that and in other cases there's wisdom in some people thinking well actually i need to i may need to grow up a bit first and i like that you know, get a few christian miles behind me as a believer before it would be wise for me to marry so i like that a lot yeah, I mean, building yourself up, I, you know, before being married, I go to these these singles events where they have games and things like that as if to pacify you that, you know, you poor single people, <laughs> you're not married yet. And so we'll play a couple of games or the, but, you know, actually building yourself up in Christ and taking that seriously and where that can lead to, you're right. That's, that's the most important thing. There shouldn't be two separate things, you know, everything is built up in uh, in who we are our, our identity in Christ and uh, your book what did what did you learn most about in in writing the book seven myths about uh, singleness about yourself and about god and about people yeah but I, I learned a huge amount and when you write on something you you think far more deeply about it than if even if you were just going to preach on it or, or speak on it um it, it it just reinforced again and again the the sheer unfathomable goodness of god um, we, you know, he's in all his ways, he is good. Um, and I could see that just, I mean, you could see that by shining a spotlight on, on any part of the scriptures that would become apparent. And for me, it became deeply apparent, almost surprisingly apparent in what the Bible says about singleness. I think often our starting point is, okay, brace yourself. You're going to have to think about singleness. You know, let's, let's try and find some way of making it bearable. And actually, the, the Bible just gives us a very different perspective, and it, it can be a means of having the the kind of goodness of God poured into you, as can marriage, in a, in a different way, obviously. So in the areas it, it to... Gave, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, it just gave me a, a vision for singleness I hadn't previously had. Hmm. I mean, where, lastly, where are the areas in the Bible that you suggest that, uh, you know, the books of the Bible that talk more about singleness? I know we refer to Paul a lot, but are there any others? Certainly. I mean, it's an issue that is, we, we see through the pages of Scripture. Jesus addresses it in, in places like Matthew 19. Uh, Paul addresses it in, in 1 Corinthians 7. But really, anywhere the Bible also talks about marriage, it's implying something significant about singleness as well. Um, and I can't remember the chapter, but Jesus um, at one point talks about, again, the fact that we won't marry and be given in marriage in the age to come. That's that's also a massively significant hmm. uh, kind of statement as well for us to understand. I like that. Well, Sam Alvarez, he's our special guest of the seven myths about singleness. And the phone lines are open if you'd like to get a date with Sam. I'm just kidding. I'm yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to do that to you. But um, yeah, we uh, we learned a lot. This is wonderful. And any uh, last remaining words for those people that are single and and not liking that? I think yes. Don't don't assume that that marriage will fix that. It may well be that marriage would would be easier in certain respects, but life is always going to have difficulties in in a fallen world and. 
The, only, the, the, the final thing I'd want to say on that really is that if, if marriage shows us the shape of the gospel, Christ's love for his bride, then singleness shows us the sufficiency of the gospel mm. by showing us that what we have in Christ is enough to satisfy us. Well, we'll end on that note. That's beautiful. Sam Albury, seven myths about singleness. Go buy the book and uh, know that God loves you just the way you are. You know, no pressure here. You don't have to be married to to have it all. And uh, it's what, uh, who you are in Jesus. Thanks so much for being on the program. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Our sponsors with over 90 years experience in developing audio electronics. Bayer Dynamics stands for innovative audio products with the highest sound quality and pioneering technology. Two business divisions, consumer and installation, provide tailored solutions for professional and private users. All products are developed in Germany and primarily manufactured by hand. From headphones to microphones and conference and interpretation systems. For more information, please visit north-america.bayerdynamic.com. And by Vocal Booth To Go carries a complete line of products and accessories specifically designed for voiceover actors, audio professionals, podcasters, producers, and studio owners to help them get professional results for their clients. It's your go-to place for sound treatment, soundproofing, portable, and mobile vocal booths. Visit VocalBoothToGo.com for more information. And Oralex Acoustics has one mission, to make you sound your best. Thousands of satisfied Oralex customers have experienced improved acoustics, along with free expert advice, total sound control products from Oralex. Enjoy widespread use among prominent artists, producers, engineers, and corporations worldwide. Remember, it's not your gear, it's the room. Visit Oralex.com for more information. And great audio starts with great gear. And Zoom's 30-year reputation promises quality and affordability. Visit zoom-na.com today for recorders, audio interfaces, effects pedals, and more. We're Zoom, and we're for creators.